0: Well, hello, and hello, Lou. Thanks very much for joining us to talk about MFA, which, for those of us who didn't really know what MFA was, is multi-factor authentication. And it it is a a critical thing to get our heads around in this age of of cybercrime that we're talking about. And really, not a day goes by almost without some new major incidents of of cybercrime or fraud or online fraud. Uh, I know I've had my identity stolen, but... Lou, you've had a particularly difficult uh, time with this as well. But I, I wonder, Lynne, if you could start with just talking us through what MFA is, and then, Lou, we might get you to talk about your personal experience.
1: Certainly. Multi-factor authentication is one of my favourite things to talk about because it's such an important security media that everyone can adopt, you know, at home, at school, at work, that makes us so much safer. And what it is is just having another level of authentication when you log into a system to, you know, use your social media like Facebook or LinkedIn, when you're using email, um, when you're logging into various accounts. Um, it just means instead of just relying on a password, which sometimes might get lost or stolen by someone else, you have another way of saying this is me that's logging in here. It means that someone who might try to do you harm by using your account. If they've got access to your password, they can't access your account because they won't have that other form of identification, which is often something like a PIN code. So that's all it is. It it sounds a bit complicated, but it's actually really, really simple and it's quite easy to implement on the various systems you log into. And is it sort of
0: the equivalent of in the old days, uh, the police would tell you if you didn't want your house broken into, make sure you lock the gate and lock the windows and, and have your doors locked because crime is opportunistic. And if... If you're more difficult than someone else, you're less likely to be the victim of crime.
1: That's often really important, you know, to be more difficult, uh, because most criminals are a little bit lazy and they will take, you know, the easy takings. You know, if it's the house that's wide open, why would you bother trying to break into a lock? Um, it's really a little bit more like maybe having an alarm system as well as a lock on your door. So, you know, you might break the lock on the door, but the alarm system will go off if someone walks in. So it's a little bit like having that second layer um, uh, that protects you rather than having each of the different openings protected. And
0: Lou, can you talk us through what happened to you and how MFA might have actually helped?
1: Yes. No,
2: I definitely didn't have um, MFA on uh, either my LinkedIn account or my personal email. And um, just to to set the scene, um, so it occurred on the the LinkedIn um, platform, which most professionals uh, use these days. And I think the first clue was, uh, I found one day I couldn't access my LinkedIn account, um, but we leave busy lives. And I thought, well, actually, not being able to access LinkedIn today is is not my top priority. Uh, But a few days later, um, I had one of those heart-stopping moments where suddenly a lot of your uh, friends, colleagues, network are texting you and saying, hey, we're getting some strange messages from your LinkedIn account. You could be hacked. And what was occurring was I was unable to get um, access to my LinkedIn account, but um, others were. And as they were able to gain access, they were able to change um, my email that it was connected to. They were able to change the password. And... um, be able to reach out to my network and ask my and, – and in a voice and a tone that was similar to mine, I think this was the scary bit how sophisticated it's got, reach out to my network and say, hey, I've got a great opportunity for you. Can you remind me of your mobile number? And a fair proportion actually of the network, as it looks like an authentic message, responded with their, their mobile details to which they were then sent what again looked like a pretty authentic link to a to a Zoom meeting and a Zoom call um, that again a lot of the network um, clicked on and in doing so um, were again providing their details uh, which they then themselves found their accounts were hacked. And so I guess the, the trauma came from um, several places actually. I think the first the heart-stopping moment of you know, I think someone else is sending out messages on your behalf and you're not knowing the content of that message, Um, to then realising that you are responsible for then others um, providing their personal information and and the ramifications that then had on some of my network, then having their accounts hacked. And then actually it's quite a, it's a process, but a good one and a good wake up call that then on the basis that this, you know, your email's being compromised and your LinkedIn's being compromised, um, going through and making sure um, every other platform or application that you use um, isn't compromised and you have got strong password and most importantly, you've got that multi-factor authentication. So what you don't realise, and I guess the, the kind of terrifying part, is actually how little you have in your control to rectify... Um, What's occurring when you are kicked out of that LinkedIn account, the the kind of the request for your network to continue to send through information is occurring and you're reliant on other parties to shut that down, which can take a matter of of days. And so it's a situation that you go through once and then particularly when you realise how easy it is to do multi-factor authentication and all these platforms and applications have that option available to you. Um, it could have been much worse, but it's a very um, valuable lesson.
0: And, and so it was a very complex um, endeavour to try and undo all this.
2: Yes, it was because again, your, you know, your reliance on going to a third party to explain that you don't have control of your account, <laughs> um, that you need to to get access to that account, that it's currently being um, run by someone who's not you and then notifying your network um, what has occurred is quite a process. And, and the emotional impact that has on members of your network when they realize what's occurred and the fact that they've been providing their personal information.
0: What's happened here is that some, some criminal has managed to get into your LinkedIn account by guessing the password or getting the password. And then if you'd had multi-factor authentication, there would have been a second step before they could actually access it. In Correct. this case, they could go straight in. Absolutely. And, and to do on LinkedIn, I, I assume it's just a, an option. But as you say, it's quite straightforward to, to use. Really? A, a, yeah.
2: Really straightforward. And once you realise through the most forward of steps, such as when you're going to your settings, you're going to security, you're selecting the multi-factor authentication, and then able to just put in a, a, another password once you realize how easy it is to do to give yourself that added layer of protection, um, you know, it's something that everyone should be doing because actually when your account is compromised, you are are embarrassed, right? There was absolutely a level of embarrassment and a level of shame in terms of, oh gosh, particularly given um, I work in technology, you know, this has happened and the impact it's had on others. And particularly when you realize it's a two-second job, to make sure that it doesn't occur again. And Lynn when you've actually
0: been involved quite recently in a parliamentary roundtable on multifactorial authentication, what was the round table about? Was it about how common this is or what steps need to be taken?
1: It was a um, a meeting at Parliament House just recently with the Honourable Andrew Hastie MP and, um the Australian Cyber Security Centre and the Chief Information Security Officer's from the other big four banks, and and me of course. Then um, it was about the fact that we all need to work together to help protect our customers and the community more broadly. And multi-factor authentication is, you know, clearly one of the easy things that everyone can implement to stay much safer and secure online. And whether that's you know, people at work, you know, people who work in the bank. Or our customers, or what we do in our social lives, that was one of those things that we agreed that we can all promote and work together to help everyone across the community using multi-factor authentication. And we talked about you know a range of things that we can do that are quite simple to improve security, such as sharing information. But but this piece around multi-factor authentication is something that you know we've all been talking about in the banks that government's been talking about as well, is one of the key steps that helps protect you know us all from cyber attacks, whether it be large organisations, small companies or individuals. And so it's such an easy thing to do, as Lou talked about. We just want to get that message out there. And So this meeting at Parliament House was, how do we do that? How do we get the message out there using, I guess, the power of communication that the banks have? Because we have you know, a large set of customers and stakeholders and people who are interested in what we talk about and government does as well. And so if we all combine together to get the message out there about how important it is, we think we can make a significant difference. And so it's a really positive thing. I think that we're working together because a lot of people think that security must be really hard. Someone else will look after us. Someone else will do it for us not realising that the most important things in security start with you, you as an individual, you as a member of you know an organisation's workforce to do these things. And it's actually not as hard as most people think. And I think Bowie made some excellent points there. You think it's going to be really difficult, we all do. You know, I, I often think that some of the security measures will be difficult or annoying and, and when you do them you realise they're not. And, you know, I work in space um, and I know that other people must think that it's, it all sounds daunting because we use language like multi-factor authentication and it sounds really complicated, but it's not. And
0: Lou was saying how, how simple it is, but uh, I'm sure we've all done this. What we're talking about here is you, you log into, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or something, and then you, you get a little box usually comes up and it says, we have sent a code to your mobile phone. Put the code in here. That's that's what that's an example, I suppose, of a multi-factor authentication. Right. Exactly what it is. When you when you talk about the sort of burglar alarm going off, that again, and I'm sure we've all had this. We're talking about those sorts of messages you get saying your account has been accessed. If this is you, don't worry. But if it's not you, do something.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the ways that we just check that you know the particularly if you're doing something unusual um, for various systems and applications will do it in a different way. But that's often a a really good detection that someone might be doing something differently. But it's also when you first log in to, say, your social media account, um, it'll ask you to enter a code um, that will usually automatically pop up on your device that you enter into the login to make sure that it really is you. Uh, just in case someone else has got access to your password. So really, really good protection.
0: And Lou, now that you, you've had this experience, the accounts that you've got, the, have you got this set up on sort of every account you use, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram?
2: Because yeah. I, I think Lemon made a point earlier that before this experience, I'd never thought about. You quite often, um, I guess, outsource your security to the platforms that you're using. So, So wrongly... I think you make an assumption that be it LinkedIn or Twitter or, or Facebook, um, you know, they'll, they'll have the adequate security. But the reality is it's a personal responsibility. Um, I think Linwood made a really important point that I think the onus has to be on you as the individual as I've since learnt um, to make sure that you are doing all that you can to make sure you've been set up securely. And And the point earlier is it is the most, um, simple of when, once you do it on one platform, it rinse and repeat on all the others. <laughs> so it's, um, it's pretty consistent and if I'd had that multi-factor um, authentication, this wouldn't have occurred because as the hackers, when they went into LinkedIn and tried to change um, either the email that it was attached to or the password, I would have had that notification. Mm. Um, and so the whole thing could have been avoided. But I think there is an element that you know, it might sound complicated, it's not, and there is the onus is on you as an individual um, to make sure that you're adequately protected.
0: So I suppose there are some hygiene measures, but the, there's also, and I, I know I said we shouldn't use acronyms, but there is a really useful one here, PACT, and PACT stands for P-A-C-T, pause before sharing info, activate multi-factor authentication, call out suspicious messages, and turn on automatic software app updates. Linwen, this packed acronym, it does sound quite useful.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't like acronyms much easier, but it's a really easy way to remember that those simple set of steps and, you know, the pausing. You know, always, if someone rings up and asks you for your password, you know that they're, they're probably not oh. who they say they are. But often it's easy to forget that, you know, so just pausing for a minute and thinking about it before you share something, either sharing information on social media that you shouldn't or sharing your login details with someone who rings you or emails you. That pausing just gives you a little bit of time to think about whether you should do it or not. A, for activate multi-factor or two-factor authentication, we've talked about clearly a good thing you can do um, because a lot of people do not necessarily choose the best passwords or they share passwords between different platforms. Now, we certainly recommend you don't do that. You have, you know, long, complex passwords and never use the same password on different platforms. Even if you have really good password security, always good to have that second uh, factor of authentication. And if you do see something suspicious, call it out. You know, the C in an acronym, tell someone, report it. We all have, you know, the banks have numbers you can ring, emails you can send it to. Internally in your workplace, you have the same thing. If something looks suspicious... Send it to the authorities because what we can then do, even if it's obvious to you, we can stop the same, you know, malicious message being targeted to other people who might be more vulnerable. So you can do community good as well as um, helping um, the authorities understand what's going on. And that last one, T for turn on automatic software updates, whether that's making sure your phone or your laptop's on the latest version. Um, having it happen automatically so you don't have to think about it is a really, really important thing to do so you've always got the latest security because there's new vulnerabilities coming out all the time. And these things that we do in our personal lives, those things, are very similar to what you do in a very large organisation It's some of the most important things to keep it secure. And they're really easy steps as well as making sure you back up your information so if anything ever goes wrong, you don't lose it, that we can all take. As we said, everyone can take those steps to keep self secure as well as making sure that you know the central parts of their organisation are doing what they can do as well.
0: Well I'm certainly going to go through all my platforms now and make sure uh, I follow the packed message but thanks very much for your time. I mean it's obviously a very critical thing and and both Lou and I know from first hand experience. So thanks Lou and thanks linwin for your time today.
2: Thank you for listening to Blue Notes. This podcast was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.